Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All you guys doing? Good. Good, good, good. So, happy Father's Day, right? I think it's like being a dad myself, like like I hate people celebrating my birthday, right? I I, I like it like you know it's just, I like celebrating other people, but sometimes as dads we're not real good at at celebrating or being celebrated ourselves. And I think a lot of times that's just kind of how dads are geared, you know. And so, um, but I'm learning. It's okay to be celebrated too and so um you guys take this day and allow yourself to be honored and and to be celebrated and for not just what you've done but who you are because you made a difference sometimes we don't see that difference sometimes we see the difference but our kids or those people like some of us are dads but we're dads to people that aren't even like, like as pastors or as leaders or as Bible teachers or as Sunday school teachers or as mentors, you're still a father figure and, and you still deserve honor. Um, or not just dads, but how about stepdads, right? I think I think about this a lot because I think a lot about stepdads because I'm a dad and I'm a stepdad and I never consider myself a stepdad. I always considered myself a dad and then people are like, well, you know what, you, no one understands what you're going through and all this stuff uh, sometimes because, um, or those kids aren't really yours or whatever. That's so far from the truth. And so when you realize, I always, always um, look at it this way. You know, my kids, they come, it's kind of like, I got what I got, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I love them. I wouldn't have picked them any different, right? But as a stepfather or an adopted father, we chose that kid. And we said, you know what? I'm going to be your dad. And I'm going to love you. And I'm going to do it because I have a covenant with your mother. And I think about another, probably the most famous stepfather in the Bible, when we sing about, talk about, every, every Christmas, right? Jesus had a stepfather. Right? We don't think about that a lot, but his name was Joseph, and Joseph did a bang up job, man. But can you imagine? Hey, you're you're gonna be the earthly dad to the son of God. I mean, come on. You wanna talk about pressure? Right? You wanna talk about, hey, I better make sure like like I'm gonna make sure your is your seatbelt buckled? <laughs> right? You know, I'm just going to make sure you're all right, right? And so then I think about Joseph and Mary when Jesus was off teaching, and they couldn't find him. And here Joseph is. Like, he's been put in charge of the Son of God. He's his earthly father, and Jesus disappears. Like, like how do you explain that to God? I'm sorry, but I lost your kid. You know, I know you entrusted him to me. 
I have no idea where he is. I lost him. I was like, oh man, I'm going to hell for sure now. I was like, there's no hope for me. I mean, can you think, think of the pressure that he felt? Like, I think of all the good things that it had to be too, but I think about, did it ever hit him the significance of who he was raising? I think a lot of times, whether it's our our own kids or stepkids or adopted kids or whoever it is, they're just as valuable. They have great value. And as dads, you've done really good, really good. Sometimes pastors, pastors don't, they don't always feel like we're dads, but as pastors, like, like Charles, man, all your life, what you did for God, man, you're, you're a father of, of more than just what you see. And you deserve to be honest, you know? And so you see that in Moses and, and, and all the leadership in the church. And There's more to being a father than just having a kid. Because sometimes you can have a kid and then you're, you're just really, really, you're just a donor. The difference between being a donor and being a dad. But God's called us to be fathers. I love, I love Malachi, where he said, says he will return the hearts of the children to the fathers and the hearts of the, of the fathers to the children, lest there be a curse. What is that? And then he's silent. At 400 years, you don't hear another thing in the scriptures until the father of all fathers, the king of the universe, said, you know what? I'm going to show you how much of a father I am. I'm going to send my son, my only son, and I'm going to give him for you so that you can see that you're sons and daughters of him too. It's pretty incredible when you think about it. Really, it was a prophecy of God turning our, us turning our hearts to the father and him turning his heart towards us, which he never, he never did have a heart for us. Sometimes we don't have a heart for him. I was thinking about some other fathers in the Bible. And, um, man, you, you can't go to the Bible and think about fathers unless you're talking about Abraham. Like, that's even his name. Like, you, it, like you want a clue? You know, what's your name? Like, like for the Hebrew mindset, your, your, your name is your nature. But it says, it says, in the name of the Lord, or the nature of the Lord, they name, like, like you get, get names, like they, ever, anybody ever give you a nickname? Like when I was in, in third and fourth grade, they called me Motormouth Maze. <laughs> they called me Triple M. Can you believe that? Like, I was, I'm pretty quiet, I thought, right? But they called me, hey, here comes Triple M. And I was like, yes, I love that. That's like, I'm not Superman. I almost got a t-shirt printed that said Triple M. Him, and I was like, what does triple M mean? And he goes, motor mouth maze. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay, cancel the t-shirts. <laughs> I, I need, need a, a different name. And then my uncle, he always teases all of us nephews and, and, um, so, and his son, too. He all, always said, well, you guys are just being sissy. So he's like, like, I have one cousin named Bart, and called him Barbara. 
Another cousin called, called was Lee, and he called him Leanne. His son's name was Victor, and he called him Victoria, which was weird because he had a daughter or a sister named Vic, Vicky. So I was like, that was stupid, you know. And, and um, but there's a, he called me Geraldine. Like, where in the world did you get Geraldine out of James? I was like, like what? It's just weird, right? So I have another name, right? That name had nothing to do with my nature. At the time, the triple M might have fit me just a little bit, right? <laughs> but then I got into high school and playing football in my freshman year. Like, I went out, my, like, I was getting so beat up. I was like, you know what? I'm going to die anyway. I might as well inflict pain on everybody else. So, so I would go, and I would hit. And when I hit, if I didn't come away without a headache, I didn't think I did it right. Now, I would get banned from football for life, right? Because of how you use your head, right? But if I didn't come away with my head ringing and I was like, I'm going to die anyway, I'm going to get through, then they'd be like all the other freshmen and, and younger guys would be like, James, this is like the, the, the seniors won state that year, by the way. I was part of that team too, but a lot of the seniors were playing that, that won. And so, but um, I remember I made them better though. Right? Because I was hard on them because I didn't just set back. So all the other freshmen would be like, James, take it easy. You're, you're going to hurt yourself, you know? So I was like, no, I ain't taking it easy. I'm not here to take it easy. I'm here to get better. And if I'm not better, they're not going to get better. And then, then I'd do good. And then the coaches would yell at everybody else. And then everybody was mad at me. The seniors were mad at me because I was playing too hard. The freshmen were mad at me because I was playing too hard. And I was just like, I don't care. I'm going to die anyway. Doesn't matter what you guys think. And so I was going around and, and um, uh, another uh, young lady that went to my, our church and she was telling my mom and dad, she's like, yeah, it's like the seniors really like James. And it's like, well, that's good. And it's like, yeah, it's like they have a nickname for him. <laughs> and I was like, oh boy, is this Triple M again? Because like, I haven't been that quiet. And they're like, no, we're going to call him Kamikaze Kid. <laughs> so I got to call Kamikaze Kid, you know, for a year till they graduated, right? <laughs> and so, so I've had other different names and nicknames that I can't share across the pulpit, right? Because we'd all be in trouble, right? But the most honorable name that I've ever been given is when I was called Dad. One of the greatest names that you can ever be called. I remember when, when my kids were born and my, first, my son and I remember looking at him and I was like, wow, he looks like Superman. Just the joy that come to my heart as a dad. I did this. And then after leaving the hospital, I'm walking around, what did I do? How am I going to pay for this kid? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? What am I going to do? Pretty soon you have another kid. And then you get married and you have two instant kids. Now you got four kids. But the greatest honor I've had in my life, aside from being a son of God and a husband, is my kids. Something about being a dad changes you from the inside out like nothing else.
immediately you think one way and then your world changes to a completely different mindset. Your nature changes. Your name changes. Everything that you do and every way you think changes because of that kid. I can't think of anything else in my life that's more profound. But then I think of God. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Jesus was there, but it also said, said that, that God created us in His image and His likeness. Our earthly fathers, man. But we have a Heavenly Father. We're not common. We're not ordinary. And Jesus made that clear when they, they were getting ready to stone him. Right? And because he healed somebody on the Sabbath. Can you imagine? Like, well, he thinks they're going to stone him because he healed someone on the Sabbath, right? But you know what? He, they were mad at him because he healed someone on the Sabbath. Do you know what they were mad at him for? Because he knew his identity. So how can you say you're a son of God? And he's like, I ain't saying I'm just a son of God. It's like your book, your Bible. You know what he's telling them? Go back to Psalms. Go back to the writings, right? Go, go back and read where God said, and you are sons of God. Or aren't you little gods, right? What was he saying? You are sons of God. You are created in his image. It's really important that we understand what God means in Hebrew because God means Elohim, right? Elohim means creator. So we're creators. We're born with the ability and, and of God. Now, here's why they're trying to kill him. Because in Hebrew, when you turn a certain age, they have what's called a bar mitzvah. And they do that so they can have a party and eat lots of food. <laughs> no, that's not why they do that. They do that because it's when a, a, a child becomes a man. And that moment that that child is bar mitzvah, and it's actually... Um, and I, I think it's kind of funny how the word for son in Hebrew is bar. Because in the Hebrew mindset, a son, when they have their bar mitzvah, when they're a son, they're co-equal with the father. I think about the, the Jewish people at this time. They're trying to earn their way. They're trying to get good enough. They're trying to be good enough. And now here comes... Here comes Jesus along, and he's like, guess what? You are good enough. Guess what? You are sons. Guess what? You have a purpose. You're not common. You're not ordinary. God didn't look at it. Oh, I really blew that one. Put that one back. I didn't do that. He chose you to be sons of Elohim. Sons of the one who created the sun and the moon and the stars and everything in it. It's pretty powerful when you think about it. You are not just dads here, but your sons of God himself. Think of another dude in the Bible. Anybody ever hear, hear of King David? He, he had a dad too, right? He was his dad's favorite, by the way, right? Yeah, like, oh, I, you know what, David? You're going to do such great things. I see such great things out of you. Man, you've got it handled. You're my favorite. 
Okay, if my son calls me and I was like, hey, how's my favorite son? He's like, Dad, I'm your only son. He's like, you're still my favorite son. Right? But here he is. Here's David. Got his dad. He doesn't tap over the dad's eye, man. He's a baby. In fact, he sent him out to, to take care of the sheep. And then God comes to Samuel and says, you know what, I got a king in mind. And guess what, Jesse, it's one of your boys. And as a dad, he's like, I knew it. I knew it. I know which one it is. So you know what? I'm going to line them up in order of which I think it's going to be. And you know what's going to happen? I'm going to be the dad of a king. Yes! Should, shouldn't be really... Um, a surprise because David actually comes down from Jesse and Obed and Boaz. Comes from the line of Ruth, man. I mean, when you think of, of the history of the Bible and how everything ties in, it's pretty incredible. But here he is. Samuel says, I got a son. Or I got a king. It's going to be one of your sons. Let's have a game show. <laughs> oh, he lines up his sons up. He had such faith in David that he didn't even invite him. Like his dad, it was never even in his thought process that it could be David. Now think about that. You, there's a lot of, lot of things in the Bible that kind of tell a story without telling a story. You know, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times we read these little lines or these little verses and we think, oh, well, you know, maybe he decided he wasn't old enough. Or maybe he forgot. Maybe he didn't get, maybe he didn't get his text message because he didn't have good cell service, you know, so he couldn't come. I mean, you, you, you know, maybe he couldn't catch the bus. You know, and he was late. Maybe he was invited, right? Or maybe he just didn't have enough money to pay someone else to go out and sit with the sheep. So David had to sit with the sheep. Or maybe he's just so cheap, he didn't want to pay that. Who knows? There's a million, million things it could have been, but I think it was the fact that he didn't think David was the one. Now there's a clue in David's name, because David is, his name literally means beloved. Pretty powerful, right? Here he is. He's beloved by God, called to be the king, to replace the dude that, that wasn't enough. And his dad didn't even believe in him enough to invite him to the party. Not even a possibility. You know what God said? You know? I've seen how your earthly dad thinks about you. And because your earthly dad thought this way, I'm going to take his side. David, you just can't be a king. No. No. And what God, Samuel said, it's not them. None of them. All this parade, all this stuff you put in front of me, trying to impress me and impress God, it ain't none of these. But guess who it is? It's a shepherd boy. Out in the middle of a field. Now you're out there and you had a dad that didn't believe in you. Maybe you can identify with David 
Say, you know what, my dad didn't believe me. My dad was hard on, on me. If, if someone had pulled up in my house like that, it'd have been the same thing. Maybe you're abused. Maybe you're abandoned. Maybe you look and you hear Father's Day and it makes you sick to your stomach because you associate a father with someone who don't care. A father is someone who's abusive. A father is someone who's mean. I'm going to tell you something. Really, really hard.
had to go up to the high place because they thought they had to get high enough so that God could see them. Maybe if I can just get tall enough. Maybe I don't even need a mountain. Maybe I need an airplane. And if the airplane don't work, maybe I need a spaceship. But I got to find something to get closer to God. But now we got these telescopes. And you look up and, and God ain't just out, out of the, in the stars somewhere. He's all over. Like, you going to go find him out there? How you going to get high enough? It's silly. It's a silly thinking. When God says, I'm ever present. Is he there? Yeah, he's there. But he's here too. He's in all things, right? He's like, you're trying to get good enough. That's what we do in our own effort. We're trying to earn God's favor, earn his merit. Some of us do that with our fathers. Some of us grew up trying to do that with our fathers. If you don't do good enough, guess what? You don't get this. If you don't do this, you don't get this. And we get this mindset, I have to get to the high place so that my dad will love me. But we have a Heavenly Father that's nothing like that. In fact, he says, no, I'm not just in the high place. I am there, but I'm not just there. You don't have to be at the heights to just have me in your life. I will love you even in the depths. If you make your bed in heaven, I'll be there. If you make your bed in hell, I will be there. In fact, you don't need a temple anymore because you are the temple. He said, I will dwell in you and you can dwell in me. You don't have to go somewhere. You don't have to get good enough because God loves you just like you are. He loves us too much to leave us like we are. But he loves us just like we are. And so as I was looking, the people out were still sacrificing the name. The nature, they didn't understand the nature of the I am that I am. They kept looking for the great I will be. Or the great I was. So Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the statutes of his father David. That's how he loved him. He was like, man, I'm going to... I'm going to love you by keeping your statues. I'm going to love you for doing this. And he was perfect in it. Not quite. Except. He kept the statues. Except. Every time you see that except. Under the law. If you don't keep every bit of it perfectly. You're guilty of all of it. Well it's just a white lie. You're guilty of murder. I just stole a pencil. He might as well just go rob the bank. Same penalty. Under the law. So here he's keeping all the statutes except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. What he's trying to do? He's trying to earn the favor of his father. He's trying to earn the favor, trying to be good enough, trying to show his love for God just like he was showing his love for his father. And I said, man, that's not what I'm looking for. And then it says this, the king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices for that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. Now he's getting serious, man. 
right? I usually just offer one burnt offering and that's when I cook and I'm like, here, honey. It's my burnt offering and bloody sacrifices, right? But here, what, what is Gibeon? Gibeon's unique. Anybody remember Gibeon in the Bible? It's after Joshua conquered Jericho and he's going out and he's starting to defeat the people in the hill country and God says, I don't want you to make a contract with any other people or leaders in this land because you're it. And so the Gibeonites, or they could have been the Amorites or the Hivites, whichever person, scholar you, you go by, right? They come to him and they're like, look, I know you're tougher than us. I know you're going to whip us, but I'm telling you, we got a big brother out here and he's bringing his army. You know what? He's going he's gonna to take care and it's going to be a real bad deal for you guys. So he's like, how about we just save a lot of bloodshed and let's make a contract. Well, so what did they do? They didn't have very much time to think, they thought. So they did what God told them not to do and made a contract with Gibeon. Well, what is Gibeon? In Hebrew means this, Yahweh is not a hill. Yahweh is not a hill. They made a sacra, they made a contract with Yahweh is not a hill, but now they're worshiping on the high place. They're trying to find God to get closer to something spiritual by something they do and something in the physical. That's impossible. It can also mean he's the greatest high. He's not a hill, but he's the greatest high. What? How can that be? In the physical, he's not a hill. But inside, in our spirit, he's the greatest high. You want to soar? I'm going to do it. By walking in the spirit, not in the flesh. We're going to do it not trying to appease or please, but by surrendering to a love that's so much greater than ours. The love of a father is unimaginable. And we don't have to wait until he comes back or we die to fill it. We can have that right here, right now. Amen. So, Father, I honor you this morning on this day. I honor your heart for us and the love you have for us. And thank you for breathing life into us. Thank you for bringing us peace and bringing us hope and for just being there for us. Father, I thank you that we don't have to go way off to find you, that you're here even in us. And so, Father... I ask that you just heal folks this morning in their images of their dad. Restore relationships with fathers and sons and turn the hearts of the children back to fathers and the hearts of the fathers back to the children. The father mostly thinks that we have our heart turned to you and we receive your heart towards us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.